Welcome to a special edition of The New Yorker. It's the food issue. This collection contains ten articles about the people who gather, make, cook, serve, and eat food that is so mundane you might not give it a second thought and so exotic you might not give it a first taste. We'll start with James Sirwicky's insights about tipping waiters and waitresses, why we do it, and whether we should. Then best-selling author Malcolm Gladwell goes behind the scenes of a high-stakes competition to create the better cookie. Then Burkhard Bilger goes to Las Vegas and gets down and greasy with the world's best short-order cooks. You won't believe how many eggs they whip up every day. Next, it's Taboos, four short pieces about food that not everyone would be eager to eat. Then Mark Singer visits with a top New York City chef who's very particular about the fish he serves. After that, Judith Thurman travels to Japan to learn about the ancient art of making bean curd. And we'll conclude with Calvin Trillin's letter from Ecuador about his culinary approach to Spanish. But first, it's the financial page and Check, Please by James Sirwicky. Thomas Keller is one of the world's most respected chefs, a best-selling cookbook author, and the owner of four successful high-end restaurants. Until a few weeks ago, he seemed a model of entrepreneurial rigor. Then news broke that Keller had decided to abolish tipping at his New York restaurant per se starting this month and replace it with the kind of fixed service charge that's common in Europe. Now some people are calling him un-American for scrapping a system in which waiters are rewarded on the basis of their individual performance. Restaurant workers in the United States make more than $25 billion a year in tips, so it's natural that people think of the custom as quintessentially American. But it wasn't always. Tipping didn't take hold here until after the Civil War, and even as it spread, it met with fervent public opposition from people who considered it a toxic vestige of old-world patronage. Anti-tipping associations were formed. Newspapers, including the Times, regularly denounced the custom. Tipping, the activists held, fostered a master-servant relationship that was ill-suited to a nation in which people were meant to be social equals. William R. Scott, in his 1916 polemic, The Itching Palm, described the tip as the price that one American is willing to pay to induce another American to acknowledge inferiority. Gunton's magazine labeled the custom offensively un-American, arguing that workers here should seek honest wages instead of fawning for favors. The anti-tipping campaigns were so effective that six states actually banned the practice. The opponents of tipping got some important things right. They saw that tipping was an aberration in a free market economy and that tips had a lot in common with gifts.